Before we get into the episode, we want to let you know we are gathering another Attaching to God learning cohort. In it, you will escape your anxious jungles and avoiding deserts of faith and grow into secure attachment with God and with others. This is a one-of-a-kind six-week cohort combining recorded teachings and live cohort calls. So you can get all the details at embodiedfaith.life slash learning dash cohorts or see the show notes for details after the description. What can we do to really change our minds? What is the application of all this neuroscience and spirituality talk? Can science really transform our spiritual lives? Well, I'd like to think so. And that's what we're talking today is really moving from book smarts to spiritual street smarts. My name is Jeff Holsklaw, and this is the Being With podcast, where we're integrating neuroscience and faith. And this is produced by Grassroots Christianity, which seeks to grow the faith of everyday people. Today, we are joined by John Lopnow, who is a licensed marriage and family therapist and a life coach with over 20 years of experience. He directs the Lopnow Relationship Center. And John is also the host, our co-host of a podcast with his wife. And you can find out all of this stuff at the at his website, which is presenceandpractice.com. John, thank you so much for being here. Jeff, thank you so much. It's fun. I love that intro, and it's it's really good to be here. <laughs> well, my temptation in lots of my life is I love researching, I love learning, uh, <clears throat> and so my temptation is to be really book smart, but not necessarily street smart, to learn the stuff, but not necessarily to practice things, and so I'm so yeah. glad that you are on today to talk about some of the practices that you've been uh, learning and enjoying. But before we jump into that, could you just tell us briefly, how did you get into becoming a therapist or being excited about brain science and what has it meant for you? Great question. I love it. Um, the, the real truth is what got me excited about being a therapist was when I was 16 years old, my parents sat us down at the dinner table and announced their divorce. Oh. And that, yeah, I know, right? I know. I let it up like all like nice <laughs> and then punched you in the gut, which is is how I experienced it too. Yeah, for sure. So that devastating news really did something deep in my soul. And I had this conversation with God. I mean, it was more like a desperate cry, like, God, I'll do whatever it takes to have a marriage that lasts forever. That's where it started. Mm. And so ever since then, I've been studying, reading books seeking out mentors, you know, and my, my undergrad was in international business, but that's because I wasn't sure who, what I wanted to be. But then through a course, but I was always reading how to make relationships better, communication, whatever I could to figure that out. And then moving out to California, I went to Fuller and then I, I started uh, the MFT program there. And then I met my wife and that's the advanced course is getting married in yeah. therapy. Whoo. And it's it's wonderful, but you know that's that's where the rubber meets the road, right? Je Jeff, that's like a big practice. Getting married mm -hmm. is that's a spiritual practice and yeah, discipline. Yeah, I always say good marriages take work. So they do, and they it's take lots of practice for sure. Lots of practice, and I want to give people hope. If your marriage is not where you want it to be, 
there's definitely hope. I mean, therapy could be one, but it's just some of these practices that we're talking about. It's yeah. doable and you can learn and grow. So, so that's how I got started in marriage and family therapy. And I, I love learning. And then the brain science actually was thinking about it before we got on. I think in the like mid to late nineties, I bought this like really thick book on the, the mind and the brain. Mm-hmm. And I, that's the first time I remember buying a book on brain science. Cause it wasn't nineties. They called it the decade of the brain or something yep, like that. For sure. Yep. And so that was in the air and I'm like interested in it. So, and then, then kind of just deepened it and met Jim Wilder, which integrated the faith and the brain science. And that was a, a key part of the journey for uh, some human and I. Yeah. Awesome. Well, in previous episodes, we have been focusing on uh, how we are embodied people, about mm. how our minds and our bodies are connected and emotions and how all this kind of mm. works together. But we're also people who are embedded in mm. community. Yes. And that really uh, the things that we find troublesome about ourselves or the ways we, we react that we don't like, those can really only be changed in community, in relationships. Uh, so much you know, oftentimes people are like, well, how can I change this? It's like, well, you kind of need better friends <laughs> or you need better role models or you need mm-hmm. to get out of these systems that are toxic for you and things like that. And so uh, you have been pioneering along with your wife, different mm-hmm. kind of group spiritual practices that are very informed by like neuroscience and things like that. So I'm super excited to have you mm-hmm. kind of share, I think, two of them with us, a couple. Um, yes. And then we'll just kind of talk about uh, just kind of how they work and what is the science that informs them and all those different things. Yeah, that's awesome. So would you like me to share like the, the first one about manual journaling? And the... Yes. Yeah, let's okay, do it. So um, in Sungshim and I, uh, and then there's a group of us, Sungshim's always like studying and I'm feeding her information. And I don't know if you or any of your, um, the people who listen to this know who Carl Lehman is. But he writes books that are this thick, and he writes essays that are 100 pages long. Oh, yeah. So I, I have them. You know they're what I'm talking about. Right? through, yes. <laughs> they're, they're, they're chock full of deep brain science. So mm. I'm reading this, and I'm like, Sungshin, check this out. So that's, that's how me feeding some information and attunement, and that was the origin of, oh, if attunement's good for therapy, then probably God attunes to us. Mm-hmm. And that's how Sungshin kind of developed the manual journaling process which can be done individually or in group. Mm -hmm. But the real power is when it's done in a group, thoughtfully, intelligently, safely. Mm -hmm. And we, we facilitated a group for eight years and, and that group, it initially it was closed because we were experimenting and trying to figure it out, but then we just opened it up and then people would tell people and then they would come and gather. And so I'll just walk you through what the manual journaling group would look like facilitated by somebody who has some just equipping and training. I mean, it was just us trying to knowing what we know about group practices and keeping things safe. Mm-hmm. And so, so should I kind of walk you through that? Uh, yeah. Well, and what a uh, typical group look like. So you and Sungshin uh, wrote a book with mm-hmm. some other called the joyful journey, which uh, fills out the manual prayer, which Sid and I, my wife, We've used, we've given it away to people. We love it. But just for now, why don't you pretend like I don't know anything about Emmanuel Prayer? Uh, and so at least kind of give some of the basic building blocks. And then let's talk about how this might look. Excellent. In, in, a, in a group kind of manner. Great. Yes. So Carl Lehman and then Jim Wilder, their friendship, they they cultivated uh, Emmanuel Prayer. And then Carl is training facilitated uh, people to facilitate Emmanuel Prayer. 
then this, we took that, those ideas and just made it in a journaling format where we would slow down to allow God, we would speak to God. So there's two components. One is the first, the interactive gratitude, where we would write to God, you know, dear God, I'm grateful for a beautiful sunny day and a place to live. And I see the mountains and the sun shining down. And I just love living in this area. Simple example like that. And then we would pause and then write down our impression of what God would say back to us. That section is called interactive gratitude. And we would, there would, I just want to alert people to know, like we would hold it open to that, what we sense God saying to us, like we, I think we always should humbly. And before our community, do you think this resonates with God's character and God's word? There's some safeguards that we have about that. So I'm just, I'm letting people know in advance. Right. So the se- the second section would be about thought rhyming or attunement. And there's uh, basically there's five prompts and the prompts are, you know, I can see you. And this is physically God sees your embodied being because, you know, Jeff, you've probably been a Christian and a pastor and a professor for a while. I think a lot of Christians have a challenging time or haven't had good teaching on how the body is a core part and a good part of our spiritual formation and our discipleship. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm pausing to really make explicit God sees you, you know, sitting there, you know, anxious, your breathing is so anxious, is a little more feeling your, your breathing's a little shallow or your heart is heavy, whatever it is, or your muscles are tense. So he sees those things. And that's actually a key part of mental health is the ability to detect and articulate your physical sensations. Mm-hmm. That's Dan Siegel says that's one of the fruit or components of integration, which is his word for mental health. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, I can see you. So that's the first of the five. Then is I can hear you. God, God responses. He responds to us and he hears what you're thinking about. Oh, you're enjoying this podcast. You like learning from Jeff and how he does things and the systems that he has. And you're looking forward to helping people. So that's kind of in real time. That's he hears me. And I write that down. Mm-hmm. Then I understand, you know, how, how big this is for you. It's fun for you to learn, John. You like learning from others and you want to be uh, more competent and effective at getting the word out. And so that's, that's, you have hope about that. And then there is, I'm glad to be with you is the fourth one, which is joy, the, the joy defined neurologically. And I don't know if you've had Jim Wilder or Ed Corian, if they've talked about that, what joy is, is joy is not like, oh, I feel happy. You could feel happy when you joy, but it's just the nonverbal sense that someone's with you in a peaceful, joyful, good way. And they're glad about that. Mm-hmm. So then God says, I'm glad to be with you, or I'm, I'm with you, and I'm, I'm going to be next to you. So that's the fourth one. And the last one is, I'm doing something about this. I can do something about this, or I'm with you. I'm providing you encouragement through the spirit, through the word, through the community. Those are typical ways that I hear God revealing that he is with me, and then he's going to do something about it. Right. And so those are those are the prompts for the manual journaling, but they're really um, ways of helping us remember that God is mm. attuning 
to us. And it's yes. really kind of a question, you know, I was just thinking of, the, you know, this old song, you know, draw me close to you. Um, but it, it's really, those are, those prompts are a way of remembering that God is drawing close to us. So maybe, you know, God feels far off, but he can see us, but then he yeah. has to get, he's getting closer and he can hear the mm. things that we're feeling. Hmm. And then he's getting close enough more intimately to, to really feel and understand what yes. we're going through. And then the response of those things is that he's glad to be with us. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then it's that movement kind of out again. It's like, okay, well, I can, yeah. I can help you with that thing that you're yes. in. Uh, and so, so the Emmanuel journaling is just structured around kind of helping us move through and remember mm-hmm. those things. Yes. Yes. And I really like that, the progressive nature of, of how we experience God being out there and then coming closer to us. And this is also reflected in God's character in Exodus when he mm-hmm. talks to the Exodus three, uh, he hears the cries and he's, you know, he's, he, he comes alongside and wants to deliver them. Mm-hmm. So even it's reflected in brain science, it's reflected in scripture and God's character. <clears throat> and so, and the fruit of going through this and knowing that God is compassionately present to us also reduces trauma because in, in trauma studies in psychology, it's not the size of the event that causes trauma. It's the experience of being alone in it, the lacking of a compassionate witness. And so we can heal those memories if we experience a compassionate presence with us through God and the spirit, through the community. And so this is, it's, there's so much embedded in the simple practice and it's reflected in who God is. Mm, amen. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And it, trauma and things like that. Yeah. And that is actually, so some people do struggle with like, Oh, I didn't have traumatic experiences. Whatever word we use, what that means is we, those experiences can get stuck or we can get stuck in them. And that's what in therapy we call trauma. It just means places that get stuck and keep coming up and guide and shape our behavior, but healing is possible. And so Amen. about the manual journaling process. So we have the interactive gratitude, we have the attunement or thought rhyming. And then the third part is reading out loud what we've written. And this does something with the brain where it's an integrative experience, both when we're reading out loud what we've just experienced God in our interaction and then reading in the presence of people who care about us. And we, we equip people to pay attention and look, turn towards and listen to the person. Reading it out loud is a, a healing effect of, of the mm-hmm. whole process. Now, sometimes, like I've done a manual journaling where I haven't read it out loud to some shame or a group. And that's, there's, there's huge benefit from it. But the wholeness of it comes in effect when we do the, the reading out loud. So that's really powerful that I've experienced and I've seen the fruit in other people's lives. So, And is that what makes this practice communal or is there like another kind of level that you do when you do group and manual journaling? Right. Yeah, that's a good question. Cause you could read it out loud. Like I could sometimes function will say, Hey John, can I read out loud my manual journaling? So it's just, it's one-on-one, which is still right. relational. It's not quite, well, I guess it's communal if you include the father, son, and Holy spirit, but it's small. Um, well, the as a we, theologian, I'd like to say we're always involving the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? <laughs> uh, amen, amen. Or maybe they're involving us, yeah, you know? Exactly, <laughs> that's exactly right. So yeah, actually, uh, yeah, that's what I'd like to think of is God is relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, what you just, you just said, God is relationship. We're invited into that relationship in the quality and the style and the form of it. And the way we would do the group is 
so actually we 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 did it we first experimented at someone's conference room uh at a at their business mm-hmm. and then we just we would drive by this church here in La Crescenta St. Luke's and we asked hey can we use your sanctuary and they said yes so we did that for a bunch of years <clears throat> we would welcome people in so you know just the simple things like joyfully like intentionally we would train our leaders let's smile let's turn to mm-hmm. people when they walk in i mean it's not complicated but it's often if we're focused on a task, it can go high and that has an effect on the, the environment that's created. So sure. j- joyfully welcome people. Then we, t- then when time was to start, we'd say, I would often uh, facilitate the quieting down phase and in community and just even personally quieting down through some simple breaths. Maybe I would do a breath prayer where maybe you would breathe in and the breath in, you would say, the Lord is my shepherd. Mm-hmm. And you would exhale, I have everything I need. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. And so I would do that for a little bit more extended time. I just give you a little taste of it. Depending mm-hmm. on the group and the experience and their capacity, I would do it anywhere from one minute to five minutes it depends on where people are and what they're expecting but uh there's some brain science that alan shore john gottman also references says the best predictor of mental health is the ability to quiet ourselves especially quiet our distressing emotions you know they talk about down regulating emotions but it just means the ability to take the anxiety or the sadness or the anger we feel and bring it down to like a slower rhythm. So really engaging our uh, parasympathetic nervous system. I was just about to bring all that up. I oh. jumped into Stephen Borges and oh. the, the polyvagal, all that stuff. But that's for another episode. But I, it's in the hopper that we got. <laughs> you got it. You got it. You know, so it's almost like I'm bookmarking the things that yeah. if people yeah. want to go uh, to. Parasympathetic nervous system and we have to kind of calm down the sympathetic, the fight or flight kind of. Right. You know, and how do we enter into a relational kind of experience? Yeah, great. So it's welcome people joyfully mm-hmm. and a, a time of quieting. Yeah, yeah, and then I do want to say because I, I forgot. Alan uh, Alan Shore says the mental health is predicted by the ability to quiet ourselves down and to build up joyful interactions with people. Okay. And so it's not just quieting down, but it is both. It's peace and joy, basically, in those mm-hmm. things. Then once we're quiet, then we would have people just do the manual journaling process for forty five minutes. You know, you can you can do however long you want, but uh-huh. So we do that for 45 minutes. Then we would come back together and we would have, we'd have smaller groups. If the group got, the larger group got bigger, you could quiet down as many as you want, but we would have groups of five or six, four to six, uh, just to be able to read. Mm-hmm. And that would be facilitated. Again, we would do a shorter, just like quieting in the small group. Then we would have one person read. And then I would, if I was facilitating, I would say, okay, we're all going to turn our hearts and minds and bodies towards this person just to embody it and use our, our nonverbals to communicate. We're listening to you mm-hmm. in a compassionate way. And, and then even to make it explicit, like, obviously, like, don't be eating something, put your phone <laughs> down. But Jeff, you know, when you lead groups, 
I'm sorry. What, what did you say? I was I was <laughs> exactly. checking my email. Jeff, I need to give you the um, the guidelines to you know <laughs> these things. But you know what it's like in in groups, and it seems your basic expectations. But then people like they have a full day, so we we really make it clear. Like, no, this is when we give our full attention to this person reading their manual journal, their interaction with God. Mm-hmm. And so some people need reminders, and we we create so that really creates safety, mm-hmm. and. The resonance of it does a bunch of things. Wow, people are really listening to me and they care and I can see it on their faces. As well as it really increases my faith that, oh, God is speaking to this person about a totally different experience that I don't have. But I do have the experience of being afraid about things and anxious and really deeply sad and angry. And then God interacts with that person and that person and that person. It builds something and increases my faith and hope and love and even love these people that I may not really know. I see once a week or once a month. It really deepens something there. So that's the listening and the quieting. And then actually one way of making it safe is we would, I would instruct them ahead of time. When the person reads, after they read, I will just be silent for a moment. And I'll say, let's hold, let's hold Jeff in, in God's loving presence. And then we'd close our eyes and be silent for, again, this would depend on the capacity of the group anywhere from 15 seconds to a minute. Right. And then I would just say a short prayer and just say, thank you, God, for the way you're present to Jeff. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't comment on like, you know, I wouldn't, it wouldn't be a long prayer of like bring something to Jeff, what he needs and what he comments on there, because that can get, you know, it's very intimate to comment on yeah. that interaction with God. Right. We need like a whole manual. You got a manual for all this? You know what? It's working on one. Yes, actually, we are. That's our next project: is to train manual journaling facilitators. That's that's what's on our heart. Twenty twenty one is the thing that that's something what Sungshim and I want to do because it's very doable. But there are all these little things that we've learned over eight years of trial and error and making mistakes and not making and doing things well and seeing what works. And so this is, it's, there's, there's real power in that. And then we would say these things we learned from other groups too. Um, We would say when you're in the group, don't comment on somebody's interaction with God during the group, after the group, you, if they say it's okay, or you could ask them, I was really encouraged. Or can I share that? Because I really want to be very protective because sharing from, it's one of the most intimate places of your life. Right. Right. Your interaction with God. So we would have that group time. Then we would come back together if there was multiple groups and we would do another quieting kind of prayer experience. And we would leave a a little time at the very end. So imagine there's like two groups. There's like 12, 15 people there. We'd go around and say, what's one brief thing that you're taking away from this group time. And that when I brief, we, we would equip people and train them to just, it would be 15, 20 seconds, because if you have that many people, it could be a whole, and people right. can put a lot of words to their experience. And so we just, <laughs> we just want it to be brief and then we can talk about it afterwards. Right. So that's what the Emanuel, a facilitated manual journaling process would look like with different sizes groups. And then to be brief, like you said, how have people um, experienced that? Like what have been, you know, what's mm. the little testimonies or the things that have come out of these kind of, trainings because i know some people might be listening and be like wow that sounds like a lot of a lot of stuff to do mm. and 
uh, you know, can't we just like sing songs and hear a sermon and, you know, experience God that way? Yes. And I say, yes, you can do all those things. And people have, their faith has increased. Like I was giving that example. Mm-hmm. They really like, oh, wow. You know, I thought, you know, I can hear God. But like when I hear you hearing God, like I'm, I'm encouraged. I, it's not just me. I'm not just living in my head and, and hearing God or wondering if I'm hearing God. Like it really deepens their faith in that. And there's a resonance there. It's, it's amazing. The themes of how God responds are mm-hmm. resonant with his character and people see that. So they know they're not alone in the hearing of God's yeah. voice. I think that's really important. I, I'm just thinking like, I want to try this out with our youth group. Like I'm going to do this the next Wednesday. Have you done it with youth ministries or heard about people we, doing this with we, we did do it. We did do it with um, a, a youth group when we were invited to uh, lead a retreat. And so we would, it wasn't as extensive as I just shared because, you know, it, you have to facilitate different things, but they, it was very profound. Mm. It was, we did a little equipping with the leaders ahead of time, not, not tons, but a little bit, very doable. They're open. And then depending on their training, they don't have as many barriers to overcome in hearing of God. So mm-hmm. Jeff, there is so much goodness. If we could train young people to hear God. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. And uh, my son and daughter, they're 12 and 14 right now, Zachariah and Zoe, they, they do Emmanuel journaling and it's always possible. And they did it when they were a little bit younger, but you, you tweak it and you'll find your ways of doing it. But it's so beautiful to see people of any age, but if young people can do it, then they can know that they're not alone and God is really with them. Mm, Yeah, for sure. That's so exciting. And then it really deepens community. Like you really feel bonded to people who you hear their stories. Like even if you didn't know them before, they're different or maybe their personalities. What what is interesting, I think is maybe there's some people whose personalities you don't just it, you don't resonate with, you know, just honestly, right, Jeff, there's some people you're like, well, right, right. may or may not be close friends with that person. But when you hear their story, I like, I am drawn into loving them. Like, I don't know how else to express it, except like, oh, I, I really care about that person. I can, mm-hmm. oh, I, I feel it. I, I have compassion. I have care. I have, you know, I want to do, I want to see good things for them. So that's, a, that's another fruit of it. Yeah, that's great. Well, so that's the Emmanuel journaling together, which is kind of a long kind of process. It could be an hour or so. Uh, But you had another kind of group practice that you wanted to share. Yes. We probably don't have as much time to fill it out as quickly, but maybe it's a shorter one. It Um, is. Let's jump into that one. Great. No, great. And I love it because, you know, God is a relationship. He is a community of oneness, of love. And so... Uh, we did a little teaching at our church. We were invited to at Montrose community at Montrose church. And um, then we, there was five couples and we were going to start right before the pandemic, but then we had to do it on zoom. Mm-hmm. So w- some of the same rhythms, I'm just going to say, this is what we do. We gather for zoom 90 minutes. So there's 10 people and you know, we, we, we banter, we say hello and what's going on and uh, people arrive. And then uh, we'll do the same thing. We'll quiet down. I'll do like a quiet breath prayer mm-hmm. and we'll do that for a few minutes. So the quieting down, I think is essential, especially how fast paced we are and task oriented we are. Just doing that does something. It shifts our physiology, which opens us up relationally, spiritually, and even our bodies are more relaxed. 
Mm. So that's what we do. So that's the first round is quieting. The next one is basically remembering a moment of appreciation. So we call it feeling appreciation. That's uh, a, a hat tip to Life Model Works. Feeling appreciation just means thinking about a moment of joy or relaxation or peace. And the main thing is you can feel in your body what it was like to go snowboarding in Bryanhead, Utah, for example, mm. or water. Yeah. Right. And it could be, it doesn't have to be recent. It could be, it could have been this morning or it could have been when you were a kid water skiing on a lake in Wisconsin, you know, which is one of my go-to memories. Mm. So I, and then when, with our eyes closed, I facilitate that and I say, okay, so just really see the scenes, hear the sounds. What does your body feel? And I really help people connect to feeling what their body is, the sensations they're feeling. Mm -hmm. Then we just, we go around and let's go and share those memories. And what that has done in our group, which we call community of practice, it, we really get to know each other and it's, it's a joyful, fun. We hear stories of people teaching their, coaching their kids um, baseball team. Or when their grandma drove them on a golf cart and was laughing hysterically. So you get to know this person and their grandma and their childhood and what John Gottman calls love maps, which is just stories of people. So you really bond. And it's a simple practice. And so in, in the beginning, I trained them to do it in two minutes just because you have 10 people, 20 minutes. Sure. And then once that's trained, there's a little more fluidity and flexibility. Mm -hmm. So that's the next round. But I want to tell you, that is so bonding. And honestly, sometimes in our group, including Sung Shim and I, we arrive while we're irritated with each other. <laughs> <laughs> that's never happened in the no. history of couples going to a church event. Oh, my gosh. And then we're right. like, oh, we don't want to be here. But we go, we quiet, and we build joy by sharing those stories. And then it shifts. Things shift. And then... Yeah. The last round is um, where we just check in, where we try to articulate an emotion about how we're doing now or in the past week. And that's another way of bonding. And then if so, we go around and share. And if it's like a really big one, we will pause and ask the person what they need, if they need us to pray for them or just hold them in God's presence or offer encouragement. But most often we, we don't have those big things. We just kind of all share. And then we will, so those are the rounds that we do. We may reflect on the sermon. We may talk about a passage of scripture. We may do Lexio Divina, something like that. And then we'll just close with a takeaway at the end. And we do that for five couples in 75 to 90 minutes. And all, all on Zoom, and it's been profoundly fruitful. And I just want to let people know mm. that it's, it's really like sweet and beautiful. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, I just put this in the comments, um, but you can find resources from John's website, the presenceandpractice.com slash resources. He has Emmanuel journaling worksheets, uh, group mm -hmm. facilitator guidelines, and also an interactive gratitude worksheet. So if you're like, oh, that sounds interesting, or I want to learn more about that, you can find that uh, in the show notes, but also uh, in the comments there, you can find those things. Uh, but yeah, thanks for sharing these. My mind's kind of like, oh, I, you know, I want to have a couples conference and we can do some of this stuff. I want to do, 
introduce this into our youth ministry. So I'm going to be talking to our leaders and things, you know, so it's always good to talk to people like you about this because, you know, I kind of know about this stuff, but now that we're talking, now it's all fresh. I'm like, Ooh, that's like, yes, let's experiment and try it out. And we would love to be your Guinea pigs. Once you get that. um, Oh yes. That, uh, whatever the main, the the manual journaling facilitator training or workbook or we, that's, that's actually our hard stream is we want to see it. It's, it is all over the world. It's in Korea, it's in Switzerland and Netherlands and all like, not just because of us, because of the book and Jim and all yeah. the people. P- this is very doable. And yeah. so I, Jeff, I love your ideas of like couples, youth, anybody, people who yeah. are lonely and people who want to just take the next step in their, their journey of healing and growth and spiritual formation to become more like Christ. So. Mm. Amen. Well, thank yes. you so much. Um, for those of you uh, listening to being with for a while, or maybe you're just jumping on with this, I'm hoping to convince John to come on again. He has just a, and his wife, uh, it's a fountain of kind of just interest, passion and information. So thanks so much for being on John. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Jeff. It was so fun. And just talking out loud was great with you and I hope it's a blessing and uh, you're, I love what you're doing. Love love your podcast. Yeah, well, thank you. Well, for everyone, please like and subscribe on YouTube or on Facebook or listen on iTunes, Spotify. Please share this if you found it uh, helpful, however it is that you can share it. Uh, and we will just be continuing the conversation. Uh, this is the Being With Podcast brought to you by Grassroots Christianity. Mm-hmm.